Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott alongside Cody Jans. And today, you just heard from Peter Labardius of Sportsnet 960 down in Calgary talking flames. Talking Markstrom, talking Daryl Sutter, and what that new-look team is going to be like when the puck drops in October. We also heard from Craig Morgan. And when the puck drops in October for Arizona, could well be their last season at the Gila River Arena. Craig Morgan was our headliner today, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Might just be the best you'd ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. But we shift focus. We'll stay in the city this time. We shift focus to the gridiron, where you will not see a week four matchup between the Argonauts and the Elks Thursday in Toronto. And the reason for that is an ongoing COVID situation among the Edmonton Elks. And this is a problem, obviously, for a lot of reasons, mostly because if this game can't be made up, I don't believe the team is at the standard that would get these players paid if they have to forfeit. I don't believe that vaccination rate has been hit. If it was, we would have heard that from Chris Presson yesterday. We're going to be joined in a moment here by Morley Scott, the voice of the Elks on 630 Chad. But prior to that, we did have uh, President and CEO of the Elks, Chris Presson, speaking yesterday uh, about whether he fears the cancellation of these games coming up in the near future. Don't forget Labor Day is just about two weeks away as well. Here's Presson. Uh, the league is working on the scheduling with Toronto. I haven't been involved in that those conversations right now because we're certainly trying to work with Toronto on making sure the game can be played when and where. So I know there are options. I just haven't seen them yet. From our end, certainly we've been working um, on this crisis since the word go on these positive cases and we've had little time to focus on frankly anything else but as i said earlier i'm confident the game will be played uh, i don't see a cancellation i see a, a postponement as stated yesterday within the statement and looking forward to getting that game back on the schedule now as i understand it that comment was made before and i was on that zoom call 
on which they announced to Presson that there was more cases than he was even speaking about at that time. So uh, let's talk to Morley Scott. He is the man with his finger on the pulse of this situation. He is your Elks play-by-play voice here on 630 Chat. And I imagine, Morley, it's been a busy couple of days for you with the news yesterday unfolding over the course of the afternoon. Where where are you at with the Elks situation right now? What can you tell us? Has anything changed since yesterday? Not really. I think right now, uh, Brendan, we're just in a holding pattern, just waiting for uh, more uh, negative tests to appear and for those who are in isolation to get the go-ahead to to move out of isolation. And I don't know what the protocols are for that uh, completely. I, I believe you have to have two negative tests in a 48-hour span. Uh, there are so many different twists and turns to the to the protocols that it's hard to keep track of but uh, right now basically all the players the coaches uh, the general manager the support staff in that tier one level they are in isolation and uh, are uh, going through testing daily I believe now and that's where we're at when they get the right number of negative tests then they can take the next step and move forward and uh, possibly get the team back on the field but I don't think that's going to happen until at the earliest Sunday Chris Preston, as you heard yesterday, said that the facility was closed on Sunday morning when they got first got word of uh, the positive tests, and it will be closed for seven days. So that would take us to this Sunday, and that would give them uh, an opportunity to get on the field at that point if they have enough healthy players and enough players who have tested negative. And it didn't sound like there was a great deal of confidence uh, by Preston that that team is at the 85% vaccination threshold now. That means that if this game can't be made up, that none of the Elks players will take a paycheck. And so immediately I think, well, first of all, like how likely is this game to be made up at any point later on in the season? It's already a condensed schedule. The bye weeks aren't going to line up all that, all that well. So this is one where they're really going to be stretched. And I think that the Argonauts, if they end up coming out here and, and playing that game at Commonwealth, would be doing a tremendous favor to a team that they owe nothing to right now. So it, it, it's a bit of a muddy situation in that sense too, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And I had heard stories too, and, and I'm gonna, I, I want to try and check on this find out but i believe that the argos don't get paid as well if it's uh if it's a a, a breakout a breakout on a team uh that i'm not quite certain on that but i'd heard that a couple of times too and that kind of surprised me i thought i was just the team that had the outbreak uh so that will come out you know further down the road as well i think uh that there's a chance they they will play the game i think that's that's the first and foremost that's the goal of the canadian football they used to play all the games uh they may have to move uh, a couple of games around to get this game on the schedule or depending on on how the week goes for the Elks and if they get enough healthy players that they can play uh, possibly if they can get on the field Sunday and Monday and maybe play Tuesday I'm not sure if if that's enough time or not that's something that the teams have to decide that would still give them almost a week between uh, games for both teams because both teams don't play again until Labor Day but I think a lot has to happen between now and then for that to take place so uh, as if they don't if they aren't able to play it before Labor Day then they're looking at October and November and, and really moving around, playing a, a, just a massive chess game and moving some games around so that, that they can line up uh, bye weeks for both teams in the same week. And then they can play the game at that point. So that's that's the next step. And But the first and foremost, the league does not want to cancel. Nobody wants the game to be canceled. Uh, so I think that'll be, they'll make all sorts of attempts to try and make sure that this game gets played somehow, some way, whether that be before Labor Day or sometime after it. 
So we, we saw the team release the statement today that, in fact, Trevor Harris, contrary to some reports, is not one of those who tested positive. But other than that, we don't know who it is that's tested positive. He made a comment as well about some being vaccinated, some not. But it, we don't know specifics Right. Yeah. No, we don't. And I don't know if we we should really. I mean, uh, we'll know specifics if and where, when the the Elks get back to practice, and if there's still players who are going through uh, COVID protocols at that point because of positive tests, then their names will come up on the injured list. But until they're back on the field, there'll be no mention of names. And and I'm okay with that. I mean, it's really nobody's business. Uh, you know, uh, the fact is they've 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 released the information that nine more have tested positive. Uh, we haven't heard any information today. If there's been anything uh, anything further today. They're, I believe they're going to update us again tomorrow at some point. So uh, moving forward, it's just players. It's just numbers. It's not players per se right now. I'm sure a player could choose to if he wants to go on social media or talk about it like Sir Vincent Rogers did uh, a couple of weeks ago when, when he uh, came down uh, with the virus and then went on and you know had a news conference and kind of talked about the importance for him of getting vaccinated and how it's helped him uh, get through it. So, uh, yeah, we don't know who it is. Uh, there's going to be speculation. And I know it came out last night that it was Trevor Harris and that that was quickly rescinded, and there was a quick apology for it. And then the Elks uh, reiterated the fact that Trevor Harris was not one of the nine who tested positive with the release late uh, late last night. So it was uh, pretty fast moving after the news conference that came out. And in the news conference, Chris Preston, you heard he was asked if Trevor Harris was one of the players, and he said no, he was not one of the players on the list that he had. So um, that's where we're at with that. Uh, as I said, the, the the story was was retracted, and there was apology, and uh, that's where we sit now. And the reason that I ask that is when you think about so Kwaku Boateng was the only player that missed that BC game now if the rest of the defensive line just due to proximity ends up testing positive as well that to me is is what would likely lead to sort of a game being cancelled or postponed or whatever if it takes out an entire position if the whole D defensive backs room has gone down and we won't know that necessarily based on and I agree with you that the privacy should be honoured 100% but we won't know that until there's been a decision made scheduling wise about that game unless they can kick it further down the road yeah well we'll know when they go back to practice when they put out the injury report after that and that is why too if, if it does let's say it does take out an entire defensive line or or dbs or a receivers room or whatever that's why they're carrying extra players this year on the practice roster so they're prepared for this eventuality uh, if it happens and that's why each team has a practice roster of players that are available to all the other teams in the league so if they need a defensive lineman or they need a defensive back they can go to the practice roster of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and take one and take one from the from the league practice roster that is with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and those players are already in a bubble those players uh, have already gone through all the protocols so they wouldn't need to quarantine or anything like that and they would be able to be, you know, dropped right into the lineup. So they are prepared for this. There are there are plans in place if something like this happened. And obviously, we haven't got that far yet. We don't know what the situation is, and we don't know who the players are, what position they play. But there are uh, precautions in place to try and avoid four or five guys at one position being taken out of a game because of a positive test or close contact. I didn't get the sense that there was a lot of answers that could be provided in that Zoom call yesterday. And again, I understand that. But when you when you talk about the Elks being the outlier right now, they are the only one of nine teams that is going through this. It's week three of the season entering week four. 
And when asked what the difference is, you know, Preston didn't really have anything to say about that. I think it was Reed that answered or asked him that question. And I just keep hearing that this isn't one of the more vaccinated teams in the league. And I wonder what that does in the room now or if there's any kind of negative impact you can see on that front or you know what what do you think about the notion that maybe this isn't one of the more vaccinated teams and here we are with this happening well it's not i mean uh, chris preston said that he said that there were two teams below them in in vaccination rates so that puts them in seventh and that puts them in the lower third of the league as far as vaccination rates go um so you know it's pretty clear that they're not uh a well-vaccinated team. And by well-vaccinated, I mean they're not at the 85% mark. Uh, obviously, I believe there's a, ma- a majority of the team has been vaccinated, and there are some that aren't, but they're not to that 85% threshold, which is kind of the, the 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 marker for them, you know, not being, you know, for them being paid and, and, and things like that. Uh, you're considered a fully vaccinated team if you're at 85%. So that obviously has not taken place. Some teams have it and some teams don't. Uh, I know that, as Preston said yesterday, they're working to educate the players and they're working to tell the players and, and and try and educate them that this is the best way to go but obviously right now some don't want to do it so they don't want to do it you can't make them do it just like any other job right and, and there's there's i'm sure people in every workplace that uh, that aren't vaccinated and and i'm guessing over the last uh, six months brendan there's been a lot of discussions about vaccination in a lot of workplaces across the country and i know uh, sir vincent rogers said that when he came out he said yeah we talk about it in the dressing room and we talk about what um, why we mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Should do it, and we've heard about from players why they don't want to do it. So it is a hot topic. There's no doubt about it. Looking at the football that was played on Thursday, I mean, finally, they were able to string together, um, you know, consistent, good-looking offensive drives, really. And and James Wilder Jr.'s whole first three weeks, in my opinion, has been a coming-out party. The guy has not lost a step at all. Uh, But it was really on display. He had that incredible block of that, uh, uh, the player he sent airborne. Holy smokes, that's going to live on highlight reels. But uh, the whole offense looked like it was functioning at a higher level because of their ability to mix in the run and the and the longer pass as well and that resulted in a win finally yeah. so that was some good news <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the phrase we used uh, a lot on our broadcast was they just looked more comfortable on Thursday night, the offense. They just looked like more at ease and, and, and just looked more com- felt more comfortable with, with each other. The game seemed to slow down for them a little bit, uh, and they got more done. I mean, they had a, a big night from Greg Ellingson who had over 100 yards. Uh, James Wilder Jr. on the ground with over 100 yards. Uh, Trevor Harris was one drop pass away from going over 300 yards in the game in passing. So, yeah, they did a lot of things. They left a lot on the table still, too. They, they You know, they didn't complete a lot of things, and they still only scored one touchdown in the game they got you know four field goals from from sean white which is always good but you don't want to have to rely on him to be the the focal point of your offense you got to score touchdowns and that still will be the focus when they get back to work is getting the ball in the end zone on a more consistent basis you're not going to win a lot of games if you're only averaging one touchdown a game and that's what they've got the last two games only two touchdowns in the three games they've played so uh, there's still some work to do they're happier with what they accomplished and and they took a step forward but they still got some work to do there's no doubt about 
about that. And obviously they felt like a lot of it comes on special teams too, starting with better field position. They hadn't done a great job of that with Chris Rippon as coordinator. Of course, he was sort of thrust into the role when AJ Gass stepped away from the team, but Rippon let go just after three weeks after the win too. I was surprised they did that after a win, but not so much when you look at Terry Williams' uh, return numbers and how ineffective that whole unit has been. Yeah, for sure. And I haven't taken a close look at the league-wide numbers since uh, week three ended. Uh, I think they actually just came in today. But going into week two, for example, uh, Hugh O'Neill had a, he was over 45-yard average on punts this year but his net average was 28 which was by far worst in the league and that's because the team was giving up big returns they just they were giving up big returns they weren't getting much on the return game i mean terry williams is uh on punt returns his career average is 10 he's around six in three games with the elks so uh, that obviously has to be better and uh, chris rapon uh i think paid the price for it um i, I always found i found it it kind of interesting uh, Brendan, that uh, he was put in a, in a position, and, and I know this was out of necessity because of uh, what happened with AJ Gas. But I mean, he's he's a he's a football coach. There's no doubt about that. He's coached in the NCAA for 37 years, but uh, he hadn't coached a game in the CFL. And there are so many nuances in the special teams game. I think it's pretty hard for him to come in and 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 be pretty effective at that position because he just didn't know the nuances of the game and and all the little things that go with special teams in the Canadian Football League. So uh, you know. The move did surprise me after a win and early in the season, but obviously it was a move they felt they had to make at this time to make the team better. Did you finally feel like, and you talked about the comfortability level, did you feel like maybe it doesn't look like preseason football now that we're into week three or week four now? Yeah, a little bit. I, th- I think both teams uh, were kind of getting to that that stage. Uh, you know, the defense was was solid as well. Uh, BC had a tough night, and and that's I think partly they didn't play well uh, for a lot of the game, and, and partly because the Elks took it away from them for part of the game. But uh, I I think we're getting past that stage. Three games in, I think the rust is knocked off. I think players are getting used to that physical feeling they have after games and and going through the next week into the next game. And I think that moving forward, especially offensively, I think we'll see a lot more points scored uh, in. The Canadian Football League moving forward because you know as they always say defenses are ahead of offenses early in the season throw in a year off and no preseason games and I think that really put the defense ahead in in the CFL this year and I think that's probably going to change over the next couple of weeks well you had a year off from traveling and getting the road experience and that sort of thing you finally get to boot down to Vancouver last week that must have been a lot of fun to to sort of re-engage in your road routine yeah, it was it was cool. You know, there's something about being on the road that, that I that I like just because it's just all it's all about the job. That's all you do, right? You just uh, you just you just do the job and decide where you're going to eat that night. And that's <laughs> about it. So it was cool to get back on the road. I will say I was a little anxious getting on a plane with a with a bunch of strangers yep. for the first time in, in uh, about 20 months. That that was kind of weird, but uh, I was lucky enough to get an empty seat in the middle beside me on the way out. So that helped ease my uh, ease my uh, uh, my my uneasy feelings a little bit and. Uh, yeah, you got back into it after a while. You just kind of start; it starts to feel normal again. So yeah, it was it was cool to get back out on the road. And I'm supposed to be flying to Toronto right now, actually. Oh. But of course, I'm not because of the <laughs> because of the cancellation or the postponement of the game. Yeah, I guess I better start flapping your arms pretty hard, Morley. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, man. That was a great, insightful uh, contribution here, man. I thank you. No, t- uh, no problem, Brendan. Good to talk to you as always. Absolutely. Morley Scott is the voice of the Edmonton Elks here on 630 Ched. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. We're back to wrap up the show after this. Certainly, we can't see what people are doing all the time, 24 hours a day. We all have to live our life, and certainly that's what we're all trying to do. Um, everyone has a responsibility to 
their employer and to their teammate. And um, again, I feel like our guys have been responsible. Uh, as you've seen across the globe, in some cases, it's almost doesn't matter what you do, you can still pick it up. And I think this is uh, what we're seeing is, is evidence of that. That is uh, President and CEO of the Edmonton Elks, Chris Presson. It's Brendan Escott here on Oilers Now. The Elks, well, the date is to be determined right now for their week four matchup with the Argonauts, as you just heard from Morley Scott. He's a little bit more optimistic than I am. That's the voice you trust. What do I know about this? Realistically, it, it makes sense if they're going to get it played to try and do it this weekend. In order to do that, they're going to need a lot of negative COVID tests over the next few days, and it's certainly possible. It's only Tuesday right now, but obviously a very fluid situation, and I think that would require some... Good sportsmanship, shall we say, by the opponent, whether they need to move the venue or the date or whatever the case may be. It is not the Argonauts' fault that this happened. And that was what I understood the policy to be about the Elks losing their paycheck or the team that has the the COVID cases being the one that forfeits their paycheck. That's what shocked me the most, was that if you're Toronto in this situation, you got to be a little ticked off here. If you aren't going to get paid this week because of something fully out of your control, I don't know, that seems a little questionable. But also, if you're the Elks, you don't want to have to play a game with 30 guys and have guys playing two-way football like it's high school. The league doesn't want that. It's not good for the league. It's not good for the health of the players. It, listen, Deron Carter, they tried the, <laughs> they tried the receiver slash cornerback thing. Asked Chris Jones. Didn't go well. You know, it's not... We're not at the stage right now where I think that the whole league needs to be sort of a circus because of COVID. You know, we've been dealing with this long enough in our lives. Organizations have had enough templates to go off of that it shouldn't be as disruptive as we've seen it be in the past. Was it Denver last year in the NFL that was like playing with just normal guys? They had their running back playing QB. Yeah, like a practice squad running back who last played in high school or something along those lines. And then... We had a texture last week thinking about just like having a goalie in permanent isolation at the NHL level, like just permanently segregated. There's, they're humans at the end of the day. You can't do that, you know, but to avoid a situation like the Broncos had a quarterback, I suppose that uh, you can, you can venture a guess on anything that that might look like. I don't know. I don't know. What a day. Again, the Oilers Entertainment Group releasing, uh, right as we're going on air here, their vaccination policy. You will either need to have both vaccinations 14 days ahead of the uh, the September 28th deadline. That's when puck drops on preseason action with the Seattle Kraken in town. You either need both vaccinations, uh, doses, or a negative COVID-19 test result from an approved testing provider taken within 48 hours of the game's scheduled start time. So there's your options right now. Nobody's got the gun to your head. Nobody's forcing you to go to the game. Nobody's pinning you down and poking a a needle into you. They're just saying if you're going to show up for the safety of the rest of mankind, have proof. That's all they're saying. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. It's brought to you by New West Travel. September 17th, travel a private WestJet charter round trip to Vancouver with an open bar. Just $199. Details at newwesttravel.com. Let's go to 1988. Why don't we? Brad Hunt, born in Maple Ridge, B.C. Played 21 games with the Oilers from 2013 to 2016. Scoring goal, adding two assists before signing as a free agent with Nashville in July of 2016. Hunt played a career-high 59 games with Minnesota the season 
season with 19 points. I think that would have been last year. Yeah, yes. moving on from that. Yeah, that's that's my bad. That's my scripting there. But yes, this day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. This is what I was talking about before. You can travel to, on September 17th on that private WestJet charter round trip to Vancouver. If you just want the uh, the flight down there, $199 with complimentary open bar details at newwesttravel.com. Also remind you that during the season, the uh, Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Law. Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Nothing really moving on the Jack Eichel front. Uh, I can tell you Austin Matthews is recovering from that wrist surgery that he had. A little bit of speculation as to what he might return like, talking to Dave McCarty last week. So, but other than that, no injuries. Unless you're getting hurt in off-season training, which would be devastating, devastating to a franchise. So let's not even will that into existence. Let's not. Hey, uh, coming up tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, that runs from 6 to 8 p.m. You'll hear from former Edmonton football team receiver, current color analyst for the Toronto Argonauts on TSN 1050. That's Natea Ajay. And then Edmonton Huskies head coach, Jeff Tolbert. You want to know about Royal Pizza, too? I can tell you about Royal Pizza. It's pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. A menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. You can go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Jaylen is back on 6.30 Chet Afternoons. You'll hear her after the 3 o'clock newscast. Prior to that, Rob Breckenridge has 2 to 3. We'll send it off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for all of your contributions on the text line. We'll chat again tomorrow. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.